This is Carly Zakin, and you are listening to Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is entrepreneur and author Carly Zakin. Carly, along with Danielle Weisberg, co-founded The Skim, a membership company dedicated to helping women live smarter. We talk about founding the company, raising capital, and political activism during this episode. Carly, welcome to Five Questions. Dan, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So I want to start in the early days because I think you have a really powerful, compelling story, especially as an entrepreneur, fellow entrepreneur. What was it about your co-founder, Danielle, that made you want to launch the skim with her when you met in Rome? And how was that reinforced when you worked at NBC? We did not come up with the skim when we met at 20 on a study abroad program in Italy. We reconnected at NBC. What sort of first drew, I think, each other to the other was just we were friendly in college, living in in Europe and having a, a nice study abroad time. What made us actual close friends while working at NBC was being peers in the same part of our career entry level and then kind of the next phase up of trying to figure out what does our career path look like and how do we really create the career we want to have knowing that we entered the workforce in the middle of a financial crisis of 2008. We were drawn to each other because of similar interests and growing up, I think, in similar families with similar values. What ended up having us trust each other and for me to trust her as a business partner partner. The foundation of that was values and knowing that success looked the same for both of us. And I think we've had a lot of tests around trust and truly like one of the best parts of the, of the skim is, is our friendship as the foundation of it. I think trust is the foundation of every relationship at the U degree yeah. and think that the companies that have been the most successful based on the ones we've studied over the past few years are the ones that have built the most trust, but even before the pandemic. Totally. And, I mean, it is obstacles. like a marriage in, in a certain respect and, you know, you have to have all the hard conversations before you kind of take that leap. And then you have to make sure that trust is still the foundation of that. And some of the great obstacles that you entered in early was you were originally pitching investors and like most entrepreneurs, you got rejected like crazy. And why was hearing no so many times actually a blessing in disguise for you? We got rejected a lot in the beginning. And I think one of the things you realize very early on is that if you have thin skin, being an entrepreneur is not for you. And so we quickly um, developed that thick skin. And I think, you know, if there is a blessing to, to getting so many no's is that it forced us to make sure that one, is our idea really solid? And it was. And like, at that point, we had immediate traction. You know, we had a brand and a loyal following well before we actually had the business. Even on the worst days of hearing no, we were seeing thousands upon 10,000s upon thousands and thousands of women signing up for the skin. So you couldn't really argue with that, but the nose forced us to realize, are we actually saying our pitch in a way that people can follow along? And it forced us to communicate in a really clear way. What is that big vision? Are we saying it right? Should we reframe the narrative? Should we tell it this way? And I remember it was truly after like 150 nos. I mean, we have this whole spreadsheet that we've talked about a lot that is just full of red and the red is people that said no. I remember we were literally sitting on a stoop in Manhattan in the in the village eating a turkey sandwich. And we we're like, what are we saying that's not resonating? Because users are signing up, they're getting it, but something we're doing isn't resonating. And we redesigned the pitch. And then the next week we got our first institutional money. So it's just, I think it forced us to keep 
hustling and keep making sure that we were telling our narrative in a way that others could follow. And it's learning and development, right? Like you became much better at it. I know that my mentality has always been, you know, say no all you want. I'm just going to come back with a stronger pitch or value proposition. Like in your case, it could be we have another million subscribers or whatnot, or additional investors, you should invest. Like you start to hone and, and make the pitch more powerful and compelling, which will give you at least increase the probability that you'll get a yes. And reflecting on 10 years of being in business, it's kind of amazing. I remember when you first launched, what are you most proud of? And if you could go back in time, what would you change? I think I, I am most proud of being here after 10 years. I don't mean me, I mean like the company. And I say that because look at what's happened in the last 10 years. Our political system has completely had upheaval. We have seen our audience of millennial women get decimated by a pandemic, by fighting a wage gap, now fighting for reproductive rights, by getting a seat at the table. We've witnessed so much history and a lot of ugly history in these last 10 years. I think we have run a profitable business in a pandemic we have been able to lead a team that's amazing. And I'm so proud of them through all of this, you know, as I'm sure, you know, many other leaders that have been on, on this show have talked about, it's been really hard to be a leader in these last two and a half years. And it's been a real test of leadership. So I'm really proud, not only that we're here and thriving, but Danielle and my partnership is in great shape. And that ultimately it's allowing the skim and the company to best serve this audience and this generation of women that's never needed what we do more. We make it easier to live smarter and, and we make it easier for her to navigate all these complex areas in her life that like she needs, we all need right now. I think if I could like go back in time, I think I probably probably should have hired like an exec team earlier. We've never grown the fastest. We've always like been like slow and steady and kind of like the little engine that could. And like, we're like, just keep our eye on the ball. And I think because of that, you know, some decisions that we made maybe came a little bit later than maybe they should have if we knew what we know now then. So I probably would have hired like our exec team probably like a year before we actually did. Now a word from our sponsor. Hey, if you manage a flexible workplace, I'm curious if these ring true. You have conference rooms that get double booked or sit empty all day. You're juggling a variety of inconsistent team schedules. Your team doesn't know where to sit when they come into the office. The world of flexible work is confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Maybe you just need the right modern software to help you streamline your workplace and team. Let me introduce you to Proximity. Proximity makes managing your flexible office simple with easy to use, intentionally designed software backed by the best customer support around. So if you're feeling frustrated, gain control of your workplace with intuitive, powerful, and affordable workplace management software. See it for yourself and get a free demo at www.proximity.space slash five questions. And speaking about making an impact and your audience, you know, there's millions of women who lost their jobs over the past one to two years. And so, that, you know, there's a certain level of responsibility, like with great power, with great platform comes great responsibility. How have you inspired hundreds of thousands of people to vote in elections? And recently you've had a big push to get companies to offer paid family leave to working women. What responsibility do you think you have in this regard to impact change? I think we have a big one. I think we used to say when we started the scam, you know, what we were doing was a privilege. And I think over time it became a responsibility that has just become a grave responsibility. And it's hard to kind of overstate that. In the last three elections alone, we've gotten a million women to get out there and vote. 80% of our audience says we're their primary source of information to go vote in the midterms. 
that's a huge responsibility. You mentioned our work with paid family leave. Over 550 companies have now joined our paid family leave database to be transparent about their policies and in many cases make change. And I think what we're seeing, all of this is really a response to going back to our, our mission. The systems in place are not set up right now to help women. Our audience is this generation that is a once in a lifetime generation. And I say that not just because I happen to be a part of that generation, but because never before has there been a generation that has so much going for her. She's out earning her male counterparts. Mm -hmm. She is getting a seat at the table. More educated too. More More educated. Yeah. She is influencing like trillions in spending and making the household decisions. Like there's a reason every advertiser wants to reach her, but like she's drowning. There's so much at stake right now. Like we have the ability to not just inform her, but to activate her, to show up and cast that vote and to show up and help show her company the type of policies that they need to have. It's the greatest privilege of my life to be able to be a part of that and greatest privilege of Danielle's life and our team. But the potential for impact, um, it's hard to kind of overstate how huge it is and how important it is right now to, to be a part of this. Well said. And what's your best piece of career advice? Life in your career is not a still picture. It is a motion picture. And that was really good advice because you remember like somebody you might've met with two years ago, you're like, oh, they didn't like the skin. They didn't invest. And it's like, who knows where they were two years ago? Doesn't mean like, like don't get stuck on like that still picture. Life is like, a, a, is a movie and like, make sure that like you, you revisit contacts, don't build up walls against things and people evolve, things evolve macro environments evolve. And um, basically it's like, don't get hung up on stuff. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Carly. To follow her journey, you can read The Daily Skim and find her on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, where she shares her advice, announcements, articles, and appearances. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan Shaw Bell. And please remember to rate and review the five questions podcast on iTunes. Mm -hmm.